Happy Football Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen. Andy and Drew are again somewhere doing something cool, drinking it, watching golf probably by now. I don't know. They probably slept in. Who knows? So we weave in a third man as always. Matt joins us on Friday and producer Dan's here because we have a lot to cover. There's a lot of Super Bowl stuff. I've got my first quarter under stuff. We've got cross sports stuff. We've got first touchdown score. And there's even some hockey and NBA. And we'll probably find something else. We always do. Yeah, I mean, it's we'll, we'll come up with something to bet on because that's what we do. We'll talk ourselves into a 25 to 1 parlay of something stupid because that's what happens when I'm on the show. I just start throwing out dumb ideas and that's what we do. And that's kind of, I mean, if you're not betting something ridiculous this weekend, then what are you even doing? Like, it's a. What's the point of betting the Super Bowl if it's not going to be semi ridiculous? Like, yeah. At like, least I one know, of your bets. I. I'm trying to think if I've bet on the game itself in any capacity yet. I'm not really sure I have. I've just bet on a bunch of like the stupider props, uh, halftime and all those kinds of things. Um, there might be one somewhere. I'll have to go back and check and see what I've bet on. I have no idea. But noops, you have your your. So we're gonna do like you said. We're gonna do cross sport parlay, uh, cross sport props. Of course, we couldn't go into the Super Bowl without first touchdown score bets on the show. Like. We can't not end the season that way. But your other favorite angle with the Super Bowl is the first quarter, and you have a bunch of first quarter bets. So why don't you start us off and just hit us with all of these fantastic bets? I really like one of these. I like it's them all, but ang- one of them I really like. It's an angle that I play every Super Bowl. But again, you go back and look, and I've talked about this a couple times already. This is a strange football game. All these guys are coming off a bye and the extra time can help, but they're all doing extra media stuff they're not used to. Everyone is stretched out doing things not necessarily as focused on football as they're used to. When you come into the game, they come in, do all their pregame warmups, and usually they're used to warming up, getting ready, national anthem, let's play some football. There's about a half an hour between basically warming up and when they actually get on the field with the extra songs, with all the pomp and circumstance, with all the introductions. So it it tends to be just a mess, basically, for the first five, six minutes. Now, devil's advocate, these are two of the better teams to start football games. We all know how good Andy Reid is with preparation, but we all know how good the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs are, and Spagnola is with preparation. So a little bit of things work in both ways there. The Eagles have generally been a first-quarter offense, but when you look at the game plan, and Connor kind of talked about it on Wednesday, if you want to go back and watch and see Connor Allen from 4 for 4, the Eagles are going to run the ball. They love to run the ball anyway, and running the ball against the Chiefs is what you should do. And I don't expect them to come out and run really a fast-paced offense here. Sirianni is happy to let the clock run a little bit at the first part of these drives. So I think even if you know the Eagles are able to score a touchdown or do something quickly here, we might get through this quarter with only a couple possessions. So as always, again, funky football game. It starts slow, and I do the same thing every year. You can find this. I was only able to find this at Offshores. I was a little disappointed and find this at any regulated books. Maybe it's a Pennsylvania thing. Who knows? But no score in the first six and a half minutes, seven and a half minutes, eight and a half minutes, and nine and a half minutes of the game. Stack them all up. You know, I put basically, um, if you will, a smaller unit on the 630 and then probably about a quarter, three quarters of a unit split up on the other three, more or less. So you kind of spread it out. We'll stack it all the way up. And if we have a nice slow start to the game, we've got a bunch of money in our pocket. I'm going to take a first quarter under here. There's some nine and a half plus money. I'd prefer the 10 at minus 120, minus 125. I think this was a fan duel. I'm not 100 percent sure, but should be able to find that. Um, This is a bet I actually gave out on Tuesday 
which I thought was Wednesday, but it's really Tuesday. Um, first quarter under one touchdown plus 140. Again, that pushes. I love that quite a bit. And if I had to guess the one that Matt likes the most, it's lowest scoring quarter, first quarter. Um, I think this is cash something like seven, six or seven times out of the last 10 years. Again, the game generally starts slow. You have the second quarter is generally pretty high. All you really have to worry about is the third. Sometimes the third can be a little bit slower. The fourth, if the game's a blowout, but stacking it all the way up. And I guess that was right, Matt. Was that your favorite? It is. I like, I think that's really good value. I think that you talk about with the pomp and circumstance before games. And we even talk about it going into, you know, regular seasons in college football and the NFL, Offense is mostly about rhythm and getting into rhythm and that it, getting out of your pregame routine, having not played for a week also, like throwing things off, that throws off everything. Defense is a lot more about just structure, knowing where to be, when to be there, all that. Like it's a lot easier to just jump into defense. I'm not saying defense is harder to play than offense. I'm just saying offense is more based on rhythm and timing, whereas I, I think that can be thrown off quite a bit early. I think we'll see a slower start. Granted, like you said, two really good opening quarter teams, starting teams, but with the Eagles, how much they're going to want to run the ball. I think they're going to get after Mahomes a little bit early. Like I think this is a, that's a really good value play at plus two ten for it to be the lowest going quarter. The chiefs also don't really have the reliable home run hitter anymore. Like when they get rid of Tyree kill, they mm-hmm. haven't really replaced him. Like Nicole Hardman was supposed to be that guy, but he can't catch and he's never been healthy. And I don't even know if he's gonna be playing in the game. I'm not even sure. So like, they're not like the offense that you probably remember for whatever reason, if you haven't watched the chiefs this year, which seems odd, uh, they're not the big play offense. They're going to be a little bit slower. They're going to be a little bit underneath, you know, keep things closer to the line of scrimmage. So I, I don't hate that at all. And I think it's something that Andy and drew talked about that. I kind of dig, uh, betting, if you like the over in this game and you haven't bet it already, it's probably worth waiting and seeing how the first six, seven minutes of this game play out. Because if it starts the way Noops thinks it's going to start, you're going to see the live total drop, obviously. And then that's going to be a good opportunity to see, you know, to, to bet the over once it drops to like 47, 48, and you get a little bit better of a number. Because I do think that these offenses are, are going to be hard to stop for four full quarters. And so once these they kind of get things going, then you'll start seeing the, the teams moving the ball consistently. Uh, I really do think that the Chiefs are going to struggle to stop uh, the, the run game here. And I do think that even though the Eagles defense has been very good, I think it's going to be very difficult just to hold the Chiefs offense down for four quarters. So I, if you like the over, it might be worth waiting to see how this game starts. And if it starts fast, then okay, you're screwed and like whatever you missed your opportunity. But like Noops was saying, the, tra- the, the his- history, at least recently, has been slow starts in the Super Bowl. So if you like the over potentially in this game, maybe it's worth waiting out that first like six minutes to kind of see how things are playing out. I like it. Yeah. We're all in on I it. Love it. The live betting is great. And yeah, um, and again, go back and listen to the deep dive if you haven't. Drew and Andy did a great job of breaking down scenarios and kind of ways to pick off stuff live. Again, I'm sure they'll be doing a halftime show. But yeah, if this game does start slow, I will be looking to take live overs if we do get the end of the first quarter, saying it's, you know, 3-3, even 7-3, something like that. Yeah, you just make money and then you make more money and then you just make more money and then you donk it all away on something else later. But like, hey, we'll just we'll have like maybe some cross sport, maybe some cross sport bets, although you probably need to get those in now. Um, So I sent a list of NBA ones to Noobs. I sent some hockey ones to Matt and I have a a huge list, by the way. I was a list. I mean, it's weird. Surprisingly big. The NA, I mean, I guess there's more angles that you can attack on hockey than basketball, 
I guess. I mean, there's well, there's what? more hockey games, right? There's I only two there's basketball. Just, there's four. There's four hockey games. Oh, there's four hockey games and two yeah. NBA games. So that's certainly part of it, I guess. But like you would imagine, with a very public team and the Celtics playing, there would be a lot of NBA options. But there really aren't a ton. But let's uh, let's start with some hockey here, Matt. You have a couple that you liked here, and I got confused by one of them because one of them involves there's a good one in the chat too. I know uh, nothing about car racing but oh, I'll, I'll take a look at that in a second but i know matt i saw phi and i was like what is it i'm super confused here but it's uh Did I wear the uh, wrong flyers hat? yeah i I, and I, I got a bet oh it's not it's not a bet on your flyers at least noobs but i do have a bet involving your flyers uh first we're starting with alex ovechkin more points than interceptions thrown in the super bowl they play the san jose sharks oh he's in a little bit of a scoring slump and for him that's two goals in his last five games only but they're playing at home against the sharks team that's not very good I, I like the value here at plus 115 because I trust him to get himself on the board. And I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of interceptions thrown. Like Jalen Hurts is, this is really going to be his first like true big test since coming back from injury. But like they're still going to try to run the ball a lot. And their passing game is a lot more just based on efficiency. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, I just, you know, he's in a big spot. I don't think he's going to, I mean, he might, might get sacked a few times. I don't think he's going to turn the ball over that many times. So give me Ovi having a big game. Give me three points from Ovi, and I think we're going to be just fine there. Uh, and then more sacks in, uh, in the Super Bowl than the Seattle and Philadelphia game. Uh, sorry, goals. Obviously, they don't have sacks in hockey. They could. That would be interesting if you get to the goalie and tackle him. Noobs, think on that. Think of a way to do that while I'm explaining this bet. Um, Seattle and Philly have both been struggling to score lately. Both teams uh, want to pull this up here so I get this exactly right. Uh, Kraken have gone under four or four or under in their last three games. Philly has gone three or under in their last two. And then the, the one before that, they lost four to nothing. Uh, neither team scoring a lot of goals lately. So I, I'm going to take more sacks because I like the value there. And I think both these teams are going to be able to get, get after the quarterback. Mahomes is obviously going to be healthier than he was two weeks ago. But high ankle sprains don't, you know, heal overnight or really over the span of a couple weeks. I still think he won't be quite 100 percent. And Philly's pass rush obviously can get after anybody. And the Chiefs defensive line, as good as Philly's is, they're going to be able to get after Philly, too. And I think give Jalen Hurts a few problems, even though I think they're going to run the ball more than throw it. Uh, but give me more sacks. I think if we can get ourselves to, to five sacks in this one, I think we'll be well, I think we'll be fine. I like these a lot. So Plus 142. I think that's some pretty good value. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. Plus, it's a more it's a morning game out in Philly. It's, it's so a, hard it, to think of. It's a, I think it's a I want to say it's a one to one or one thirty local start, which means for Seattle, granted they've been on the East Coast for a while now. That's like a nine thirty a ten thirty a.m. local start in terms of body clock. Those morning games usually tend to have a little bit of a sleepier start. So give me that. Let's try it at plus one forty. I like this a lot. All right, so I'm trying to price something. I'm going to bring up the comment that Noops, uh, Noops brought up about tennis or about NASCAR in a second. So Noops, but I'm pricing something. So Noops, you have a couple involving uh, the NBA. So what do you like for your cross sport props? Yeah, apparently I value the Chiefs a little bit more in some of these cross-board pops than uh, the folks at DraftKings do because two Chiefs angles I liked here. Um, 
Harrison uh, Bucker field goals plus 260 versus Jason Tatum threes. So you look at the baselines here, the line for uh, Bucker field goals is one and a half. Um, the line for Tatum threes will probably be a right around two and a half, maybe a juiced um, two and a half to the over there. But given the variance in Tatum's three-point shooting, given the variance in how this game could go, I mean, in a game with a high total here, I think it's perfectly reasonable to think that Kansas City ends up with at least two, if not three field goals, possibly more, depending on how the way it's the game ends itself. Um, you know, the Celtics go into a game uh, with uh, without Jalen Brown, probably, so maybe a little bit more looks for Tatum. But uh, he is kind of a feast or famine three-point shooter. There's a lot of games, if you go back and look at his game log, with only three, only two, only one three-pointer there. So, you know, if you kind of combine the likelihood of Bucker getting at least two, maybe three field goals versus Tatum having kind of a down night, I think this number should be a little bit closer. So I'll take the big plus 260 there. Um, and then the second one here, the Chiefs team total plus 100 versus um, Pascal Siakam points. You know, both numbers right around 25 or so, given where you look and kind of what juice you want to have. But much more upside here for me with the Chiefs. I think that um, the way this game goes, you know, whether the Chiefs start quickly or Philadelphia starts quickly, Kansas City will find a way to put up some points. I think I'm looking at at least, again, the team total right now, I think for them is right around 25. That looks pretty nice. I think, you know, maybe even just over that's a perfectly fine bet. But Siakam has really struggled to get over 25 points. He's more of a 20, 22 kind of guy. So, you know, basically just leaning on Siakam to not have a, a great game, which again, you go back and look, he has the upside for 30, 40 points, but it's very rare. So even the Chiefs team total, Total plus 100 against Pascal Siakam total points. I, like I love that, that last one. one a lot. I like both of <laughs> them. I like that last one a lot. So a couple of a couple of things from the comments. First, uh, shout out to Nick. Said he's halfway to cashing an Astros Chiefs double from October 37 to 1. So uh we're rooting for that. I'd like to see the Chiefs win. So, like, you know, we're we're hoping for you there, Nick. And this is the one that Noops brought up from the chat. Brian, who Brian is uh, one of our bets first guys. Uh, he's actually, if you like the fantasy life, Brian is the guy who gets you your your uh, news alerts faster than literally everybody else in the world. He's also beat Yahoo Astros. by three minutes the other day. He did. He three kicked, minutes beat Yahoo. He regularly kicks Yahoo's ass. Uh, Brian says Chiefs money line and Ryan Blaney to win the Daytona 500 at plus 2565 at DraftKings Sportsbook. So here's the thing about the Daytona 500 for those of you watching who are not NASCAR fans. Super speedway races, which Daytona is a super speedway, they are absolute disasters all the time. Like you can go into it Love with the best disasters. betting game plan that you what can have. What makes it a super speedway? What makes it it's bigger? How fa- it's how fast they're able to go. It is their oh. bigger tracks, and they're able to go super fast, and, and then turn to the left, and then turn to the left over and over again. So basically, super speedway races always end with wrecks at the end. There's almost like uh, there's a wreck at the end. It goes to overtime. There's three more wrecks, and then someone so random in Talladega Nights. Exactly. Think of Talladega Great also movie. super Talladega also Great super movie. speedway. So Ryan Blaney is the favorite to win the Daytona 500, which I would not advocate betting the favorite to win the Daytona 500. But as Brian mentions here, if you can get him at 25 to one with the Chiefs parlay, don't hate that as much. Noops, what is my favorite future leg to parlay? Uh, Iga Swiatek to win the French Open. Iga Swiatek to win the French Open. So if you want to throw Iga Swiatek to win the French Open, the Chiefs and Ryan Blaney together, that's plus forty nine eighty seven. So fifty to one on that. And Brian, Brian, if you're still watching, Brian brought up I was Tasty. you know throwing darts at the Daytona five hundred. Corey LaJoy, uh, who is a hundred to one to win the Daytona five hundred. If you replace Ryan Blaney with him, that's about four hundred to one. 
So oh, I like could, that. You could. Do, I uh, will probably not watch the, the race, but I like that at four hundred. You got watch it. the last fifteen to twenty laps of the yeah. Daytona five hundred. It's super entertaining every single year. So that's more what I meant. I won't, won't watch the whole race, oh, but I do love yeah. watching the ends of those because they are fascinating. And that's on Saturday, I assume. Uh, that's going to be next Sunday, I believe. Oh, um, I gotta wait a whole week. It's like yeah. it is a future bet at this point. It is a future. It is one you you'll have to that wait. Makes me like it less. I don't want to wait. <laughs> kind of with you all right so for my cross sport mine's actually a parlay because the only leg that i found for a cross sport parlay that i liked was or for a cross sport bet was minus 254 and i'm not just betting a straight up minus 254 so here it is and this is going to be a fun one uh my leg for the cross sport is this is at bookmaker this is napoli they are facing off against cremonese on sunday Uh, Napoli is the best team in Italy. They are going to win Serie A by a pretty wide margin this year. And Cremonese is the worst team in Serie A. I think there's like a 50 point or 51 uh, XG difference between these teams this year in Serie A. Napoli is a truck this year. So I'm going to take Napoli goals minus a half a goal over Quez Watkins receptions because he has, I think, zero catches in the playoffs and just one target in two playoff games. I think he only had like two or three catches over the final four games of the season. And Napoli is probably going to put it on Cremonese. So I wanted to involve that some somehow, some way. And this was just the easiest way to do it is we're going to go all in on this game in that same Napoli versus Cremonese game. Uh, Victor Osiman to score a goal. And then Javicha Kavarachkelia, which I... I would pay to hear practice. Andy pronounce that name. Yeah. I, would, uh, I really would. Well, here's the thing, okay? His name is his the so the first five letters are K V A R A so he is just known as Cavara there and the most famous player in Napoli's history was Diego Maradona so he is known in like hipster soccer circles as Cavaradona he's a 21 year old from the Republic of Georgia uh the, he's a very good player Victor Osimhen is the most informed striker in the world I think he has six goals or seven goals in his last six games uh, they beat Spezia who is. Uh, also very bad, but still not as bad as Cremonese. 3 nothing the other day on the road. This is a home game. So once again, to recap, this is Napoli uh, laying half a goal against Quez Watkins receptions, Victor Osimhen goal, and Kavicha, Kavarat Skelia, anytime goals for both of those guys. That's plus 382. I also, again, to bring it full circle on our girl, Iga, I have a Napoli Iga, uh, Napoli Champions League, Iga, French Open parlay at like 24 to one. They're the fourth favorite to win the Champions League right now behind Manchester City, Bayern Munich and PSG, which is really interesting because Bayern Munich plays PSG in the round of 16 and both Lionel Messi and uh, Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe is definitely going to be out. They play on Tuesday, I think is the first leg. Uh, Mbappe is definitely out. Messi injured his hamstring the other day. He might play, but he's definitely not going to be 100%. And without both of those guys, it's going to be really hard for them to beat a really good Bayern Munich team. And then they're going to have to go on the road and get a result. So I'd probably price Napoli about the same as PSG. They play Eintracht Frankfurt in their round of 16 tie, and they should probably win that. So uh, those are our cross-sport parlays, or cross-sport bets, excuse me, prop bets. And then it's Super Bowl time, boys. It's the last one of the year, our last football game till September. Single Don't tier rolling Don't down the cheek. Single tier that. rolling down the cheek, but we cannot go into the offseason in the NFL without running it back one final time. Noops, hit us with some first touchdown scores. 
it is not only just the last game of the season. We have two of the most annoying teams to pick yeah. first touchdown score <laughs> for that we have just about all year. At the top of the board is Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Travis Kelsey. Those guys have scored a ton of first touchdowns this year. I did find a little bit of a workaround on that, but four plays just for straight first touchdown score, and then we're going to do some parlays, first touchdown with two plus. Uh, Dallas Goddard. The Chiefs continue to be one of the worst teams against tight ends all year. For whatever reason, the way that defense is built, they're happy to give those passes over the middle to those, some of these tight ends. They'd rather, I think, commit these guys to pass rushing versus coverage. You see it every single week. With soon, the closer and closer they get to the red zone, the more and more Jalen Hurts looks towards Dallas Goddard. He got the first touchdown last week. Let's run it back this week. Derek McKinnon, um, you know, Pacheco has been fantastic. Looked a little beat up to me in the last game. McKinnon, um, I believe he is on track to play. If he does, uh, the Eagles have been really um, subject to touchdowns through receiving backs a lot. Um, for whatever reason, they're good against the rush, um, you know, pretty solid against wide receivers and things like that. But they've given up a lot of t uh, first touchdowns and touchdowns in general to, again, receiving backs. So really like this spot for McKinnon. Had this one closer to 10 to 1. Uh, Kadarius Toney, 22 to 1. Your secondary wide receivers against the Eagles have done very well. My guess is Juju Smith-Schuster probably gets Darius Slay for most of the game. Um, that, me that means a lot of targets for Kadarius Toney, who does not play as much snap share as really you would like. But when you start to break that down, they bring him in for the red zone. Um, so I think that's probably reason we get a little bit of value here i think this market's kind of evaluating based on the total game versus kind of what he does inside the 20s so Kadarius tony 22 to 1 and patrick mahomes just got to play it again i'll play patrick mahomes anytime he's 20 to 1 or better we have 28 out here and then the aforementioned kind of parlays here because i mean kelsey and sanders have been so dominant for this team again we've talked about miles sanders and how much the eagles are going to run want to run the ball and instead of you know looking at jalen hurts i'm looking at sanders here i think last week we saw in the second half um the eagles and even in the first half as well and i think even that first playoff game uh, sirianni has been really hesitant to run jalen hurts with this shoulder injury um he wasn't really getting as much work a lot of his runs were kind of breakdowns or rollouts you know a couple rpos but when they get close to the goal line it really has been sanders a couple touchdowns for scott kind of in the second third quarter and gained well late in the game but sanders has really been the guy early and when he scores first he often scores twice so we'll put both of those together for plus 2400 and then travis kelsey again first touchdown and two plus uh, again, when he scores first, he pretty much always scores a second time. And, um, you know, plenty of value there, plus 1,500 for me. So a couple first and two plus uh, parlays and then four just first touchdown scores straight up. Man, I love that. I, lo I like I like that a lot. And uh, Holt says XFL starts next week. If you are betting not the same. XFL first touchdown scores, uh, you probably should seek help. However, the more I kind of think about no, Noose might be able to get in on that. Give him like give him a couple weeks. But, he'll, but, have, he'll have. I wonder if they even post it. I doubt that they post it, but I bet it's actually probably a market that you can figure out a way to bet successfully. Because I can't imagine that the books are going to be very sharp on these. Like it's like everything else you can put together. Like you can kind of piece together information on the rosters. Like, you know, who's playing. You can probably just base it based on who the quarterbacks are, which teams are going to be better and so on and so forth. But if you're betting XF, if you're that hard up for betting on football and you're betting XFL first touchdown scores, God bless you. That's all I got to say really about it. Not for me. So the San, by the way, the San Antonio XFL team named themselves after in a Hindu God. Uh, no, they're the, the well, they're the Brahmas, and you know who you know who's in charge. You know who's basically like the owner, president, whatever of the XFL, right? No, 
The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who was the Brahma Bull, was one of his nicknames in the wrestling world, and he has the Brahma Bull tattooed on his arm, so that's why they're the San Antonio Brahmas. Yeah. God. has nothing to do with Hinduism. Not, not, I mean, there are Hindus in Texas, but probably not a ton. I would probably go out uh, to, to safely assume there. So, yeah, that's one of the teams. They brought back the Battle Hawks. I don't even remember who the teams are. It's, I was trying to figure out here. What do we got? Yeah, the defenders, the roughnecks, the guardians, the sea dragons, the well, battle, we have battle vipers, right? and the renegades. I think it should just have been renegade, like just singular. Singular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that sounds better too. There's the three renegade. of you. You're not exactly alone. Um, sorry, I had to quote a really stupid ni- movie from the '90s. Uh, the NBA trade deadline was yesterday. We'll talk about that in a second. But I wanted to get to Matt's hockey bets to give Noops a breather because Noops just ripped through a ton of bets for us. He did. Great and job. There was a fairly high profile trade in the NHL and that's going to lead us into one of Matt's bets. Yeah, so limited slate in the NHL tonight and I I scoured FanDuel the the four games that we had going and all the FanDuel draftings all to try and find an angle I like. Not really many trends or totals or really anything, much of anything. I tried to find something with the first second period again still nothing. Um so I wanted to go with one uh one bet going uh, off the high profile trade that was Vladimir Tarasenko getting sent from the St. Louis blues over to the New York Rangers. Um, and then I went with a future that I'll get to as well. Going to take Tarasenko anytime goal scorer plus two twenty. Uh, he's having had a little bit of a down year for the blues this year. Um, he's got just 29 points, 10 goals in 38 games. He's been a little bit banged up, but he's a win healthy, a very, very good goal scorer. And I think he's going to come in, and fill in on that top line right away, playing with Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin, his, his uh, fellow countryman and really good friend. Um, I that's think you're going to see a, it. They really are. the that's a, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and Vladimir Tarasenko is, is a very fantastic name line. And the fact that they're very good line, uh, if that's indeed who they go with playing together, will be fantastic and fun to watch. Um, I think you're going to see him a little bit rejuvenated. First game with the Rangers playing at home tonight. Um, I, I like him to light the lamp at plus 220 uh, with the high high caliber of people he's going to play with. And, you know, playing with his buddy on the opposite side of him, I, I think they're going to do a little bit extra to try and get him a goal. He, I think he's got just one in his last, like, eight games. Uh, still getting – you look at his shot totals, he's still up there. He's still getting three, four, five, six shots a game. Just can't get one to go in. So seems like a, a fun plus 220 bet here that, you know, in, in the hockey world that he's going to get one excuse me, uh, in, in his first game at his new uh, new home arena. And then we're going to go with the Winnipeg Jets to win the West at plus 950. I mentioned on Tuesday that I wanted to start getting into some futures. But, Dan, Dan why is the thumb down? Why do we not like the Winnipeg Jets? They stole my team. That's fair. That's a fair point. No one um, in Atlanta cares that, about hockey except you anyway. That's also a fair point. Um, now, Winnipeg Jets to win the West at plus 950. You open up FanDuel right now. They're like the – seventh or eighth favorite to win the Western conference, despite only being five points uh, uh, behind the stars in the central second place in the central division. They have uh, a goaltender in Connor Hellebuck, who's plus 400, the second favorite to win the Vezina right now. He's having himself a really, really good season. Um, They're going through a little bit of a a slump right now, but throughout the year, they've been very good. They can score goals. They, uh, like I said, they keep the puck out of their own net very well. They've been, really good at home and bo- both at home on the road, obviously better at home. They're 18 and eight at home on home ice, still 14 and 11 on the road. Really. If you look at their splits, which is something I like looking at come playoff time, like it's not just one team that feasts at home and struggles on the road. They've also been very good in the division. 
They've been very, which helps you in the first two rounds of the playoffs because you usually get two division teams. They've been very good uh, against the Western Conference. Uh, and they're going to have close to $10 million to play with at the trade deadline. So they're going to be one of the teams with the most, uh, one of the contenders, I should say, with the most salary cap room to play with. And I really do think they're going to tinker. Uh, their, their GM, Kevin Sheveldayoff, has never really been afraid to go out and add at the deadline when he thinks he has a team. And I think this is a team. They have the goaltender to do it. I think they, they're going to be in a position to add some of the bigger names on the blue line, which, you know, if you if you pay attention to the NHL trade deadline, you do see a big name like Vladimir Tarasenko go. But usually it's it's an arms race to see who can you know get the most blue line depth. And I think the Jets are going to be in the best position to do that. I think there's a chance they add Jonathan Taves uh, for a couple, you know, middle picks to kind of bolster their bottom six there. I, I think they're going to be a very, very deep team. And I think plus 950, like the seventh favorite to win the West. I think that's way too much value to pass up on. I think after the deadline, you're going to see that number uh, get a little shorter. I tried to find my jersey. I couldn't find it. I was gonna say you didn't have a Thrasher's jersey at hand. I have it somewhere. I, I just don't. I, just I don't figured that's there. what Dan was. Go- who's it, who's on it? It's a blade. It's just a blade. Okay. Uh, I was it's not, like a, it's not a Danny Heat. It's not a Danny Heatley. You know, one. I wasn't gonna go there. <laughs> not, not a Danny Heatley one. I, I'm going to ignore Noops' offhand comment about how nobody cares about hockey in Atlanta. It's not entirely true. It was also not a professionally run franchise. Nevertheless, well, it's hard for literally no one to do anything. Yes. Um, so Ilya he, Kovalchuk is one of my favorite players of all. Time. Oh man, I love Kovalchuk. Another great name. Big Kovalchuk. Yeah, that is that's one of my favorite hockey names. Ilya Kovalchuk. I, I made a promise that I was going to root for him once they knew they had to trade him. It was like, well, I'm going to root, or when he was coming back to the league, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was like I'm going to root for whoever signs him, and then he signed with the Devils, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to root for the Devils. He signed like the 15 year deal with yeah. the Devils that got vetoed like right away, and then he still signed one that's. Like, I'm not betting the on the. I'm not betting on the de- the Devils there. Um. All right, so we made it almost 30 minutes into the show without mentioning anything that happened at the NBA trade deadline yesterday. When fun fact, we were going to trade Matt today, but we could only come up with four second round picks and not the mm-hmm. requisite five. I'm worth, I'm worth at least five seconds to add a rotational piece. So before we get to your picks, noobs real quick, what was the most intriguing move at the deadline for you? There was a lot and it was just the NBA is the best. This is the best. I love it. I was so disappointed when it was over all the picks flying around um you know some very interesting secondary moves the lakers kind of short things up a little bit um you know mo bamba d'angelo russell i like a lot of deals they made um the golden state warriors basically turning james wiseman into gary payton um the second and maybe a pick or two there i thought was a really nice move um i don't know if anything really changed the landscape too much i mean my sixers were able to pick up another three-point shooter get underneath the, the salary cap which was huge um, the Celtics finally get their big man and Mike Muscala. I know that they're really excited about that. Um, but overall, it was just fun to see all the moves kind of pushed around here. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks picking up Jay Crowder for, you know, really not too much. And I, I'd be surprised if, you know, Ibaka probably doesn't sign with them once he's finished being waived by the Pacers. So I think everybody got a little bit better yesterday, but I don't know if necessarily one trade stands out over all of them. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of teams were just, stockpiling assets and pieces and trading not a ton it's kind of fun how there were just a bunch of guys who got traded to teams they'd already played for at some point in their career there's a lot of that going on yesterday which was interesting uh but tonight you've got three picks for us uh is well i was gonna say he's still hurt so oh it's an under that's probably why you're gonna go to the well with these the phoenix suns on the second night of a back-to-back here yeah, absolutely. And Brian, quickly, no, don't bet on your Knicks. The Knicks are not going to do anything in the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe bet them in the first no. round of the playoffs if you're looking for something for fun. But no, stay away from Knicks features. <laughs> that team stinks. Um, Phoenix Suns here, like Dan said, on a back-to-back. Um, 
playing against the Indiana Pacers. Kudos to anybody that grabbed the Pacers last night. This opened at plus two. It's now up to Pacers minus two and a half. But this team total under still looks really nice to me. Um, again, the Suns team, the profile, that Devin Booker, the pace has been much, much slower. Um, we know they traded a couple pieces away. They'll be without um, Cam Johnson, Michael Bridges, two of their better players. And Kevin Durant, obviously, even if he is in the building, still is not healthy enough to play. So had this number, honestly, closer to 109, less than like 110. So uh, really any number that you could find here on the under is fine. And, you know, be careful. Don't place a huge bet on this. These games are really hard to handicap for a little while until we see how some of these players integrate. But still looks like a really nice spot. The Oklahoma City Thunder, three and a half point underdogs in Portland in what should be a spectacular matchup for Oklahoma City. Basically, the only way you can beat them is having a dominant center or, you know, some guys that really attack the rim. And that is not what Portland does. You know, Damian Lillard is still pretty good at getting to the basket. Simons is fine, but no Nurkic tonight, no centers to be seen really anywhere. Yes, Abitamer, I don't mind that over at all. Um, I had the Thunder. I just basically a pick them. Um, so like the Thunder here, plus three and a half. Um, I'd add a little bit of money line later on, but a really nice spot for Oklahoma City in kind of a rare good road game for them. And then the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm actually kind of nervous about this since I placed this bet, um, plus 120. They are on a back-to-back, -back, but played in Los Angeles last night. So back-to-back, -back, basically in the same stadium, didn't have to travel, do anything like that. So um, not too much of an adjustment there. They go up against the Clippers, who will be without Kawhi Leonard. And my only concern here is we don't have an injury report for the Bucks. They played last night. Everybody played. I would assume they all played today, but someone has been betting the Clippers this morning um, at chunks basically whenever limits increase. So I don't know if somebody knows whether or not Giannis is resting or Drew Holiday is resting or something like that. But, you know, kind of fingers crossed here. I mean, if Giannis is out, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. But as long as Giannis is playing, give me the bucks of plus money in this spot. The Clippers without Kawhi Leonard haven't been nearly as good as, as they should be. So um, even at home, you know, would have this game closer to a pick them again. As long as Giannis plays, I'll be happy. But um, keep an eye on this and maybe wait a little bit because it's it's shifting away. Yeah, I don't see. Yeah, I guess because they have it because you said they played last night as of the eleven thirty a.m. Yeah, they don't have to tell they us anything for yeah, a while. Yeah, they haven't submitted it, so yeah, that seems a little dicey. Again, it could just be me over worrying here, but again, just wait on that because the number keeps moving on. And again, as you know, Giannis is announced in, it'll still be plus money. Scoop that up. Savage Samurai says Blazers Thunder over two thirty four. So I don't know. Yeah, I like that. Play. Definitely don't play under there. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, man, we have gone long today, but it's the Super Bowl show. Uh, before we go, real quick, in less than a minute, and we're not under any time limit here, I don't think, but nevertheless, favorite Super Bowl snack, Matt, go. Um, so I don't know if it counts, but like we get the you know, Chicago mostly. I think you guys more do like the pie slices in Chicago, it's more like the tavern cut with the little squares, just mm -hmm. like munching on the little squares of pizza for sure. Okay. For me pizza Noose. i know if it's, it's it's hard to call a slice of pizza a snack but i feel like the bite-sized squares is enough to call a snack uh -huh. super bowl is all about dips i could eat french onion dip until my stomach explodes five layer dip is incredible my dad makes his bean dip that's out of this world buffalo chicken buffalo dip chicken any dip. kind of dips mm -hmm. I love a good dips and things to dip and dips everywhere so I'm trying something that i found on the internet that i'm going to make seems super easy enough they're called pig shots and what you do okay. is you take, you, you cut sausage into about an inch long piece, sure. you wrap it in bacon, yep. and then there should be like a gap, you know, because you, you there should be like a little bit of a gap that you fill with a cream cheese and like cheddar cheese mixture. Okay. And then if you have a smoker, you can smoke them. I'm, I don't have a smoker, so we're just going to put them in the oven. So it's just like basically bacon, sausage, cream cheese, and, and cheddar cheese. So we're going to try yeah. that. 
Yeah, no, I'm in. I tried you to bread and deep fry a few of these. I things. was gonna say you should get some crescent roll dough and mm-hmm. then just one more layer, throw the crescent roll dough on there. I was thinking more like a corn dog style thing. <laughs> you could do that too. That seems a little more difficult to you know manage. I mean, you have a great start. I don't. You could yeah put put that on anything. Dan, that great. sounds delicious. I'm gonna, yeah. We're gonna need to need an update that on well oh. Tuesday for me because I won't be here. I won't right. be in the show on Monday, but. I tried to make Skyline Chili Arancini last year for the Cincinnati Bengals, and that didn't go very well. So I decided to go with something a lot easier this year. Uh, so that's what I went with. So we hope you guys have a great Super Bowl weekend. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the food. Uh, 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 Holt says Natchez meat pies. I thought he was going to say Frito pie, another underrated. T- that's a t- Love t- a meat pie. Um, meat pies are always good. You can never go wrong there. So enjoy the games. Uh, I assume Andy will be back on Monday. I don't know. Who knows? I, again, I just messaged him. This, we I haven't messaged, talked to Andy in three days. Yeah, he's, I messaged him this morning. I was like, Arizona's got him now. I was like, are you doing the show today? He's like, nah, it's going to be kind of tough at the golf course. I was like, fine, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. I'm assuming we'll do halftime on Sunday. I don't know what the schedule is. I don't know when Andy's coming back. I don't know anything other than I hope that it's a good game. I hope it's fun. I hope everyone wins a lot of money. And we will, regardless of whoever it is, we will be back on Monday with more to recap Super Bowl 57. Good luck with your bets, everyone, and have a great weekend.